First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't generate amusing holiday cards, but it will personalize career paths for your people and let you know which suppliers are best so you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology, real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. This is The New Way We Work from Fast Company Magazine, where we take listeners on a journey through the changing landscape of our work lives and explain exactly what we need to build the future we want. I'm Fast Company Deputy Editor, Kate Davis. On today's episode, I'm joined again by my producer, Josh Christensen. Hey, Josh. Hi, Kate. So on last week's episode, I talked to Dr. Art Markman about the mistakes that people make when using personality assessments at work. And Art explained the flaws in the most popular and widely used test, the Myers-Briggs, and how the results can be misinterpreted and misused. He also pointed to the Big Five assessment that gives kind of a more detailed look at personality traits. So we decided to take both the Myers-Briggs assessment and the Big Five personality test to see how the results differed and how we might use this information in our work lives. We also recorded ourselves while we took them, and our editor, Nick, was kind enough to put together a little montage of our experience, like we did for the Narcissism Personality Inventory a couple months ago, if listeners remember that. Uh, So let's start with the Myers-Briggs. All right, so we're going to take a bit of the Myers-Briggs test. This is the most popular personality test has been used for a long time to help understand a person better can be used to help find a suitable career a significant other a shocking 89 of the fortune 100 companies use it for hiring and development purposes there's a grid of oof 15 different types that I could be. They're all a jumble of alphabet soup. ENTJ. ENFJ. INFP. ISFJs. And Already seems suspect to me. For all of these, my choices are disagree, slightly disagree, neutral, slightly agree, agree. I feel little concern for others. That's going to be a disagree. I feel a lot of concern for others. I am always prepared. Well, I think if my Boy Scout days have taught me anything, it's to be prepared. I do agree. I have a rich vocabulary. I have a rich vocabulary, but Josh will tell you I can't always pronounce all of the words that are in my vocabulary. Agree. I am interested in people. Okay, so obviously if I'm a journalist, I better be interested in people, so... Agree. I insult people. Yikes. Who would say yes to that? Hello? Who would say so I insult people? Who's like, yeah, no, I do that. Bing, bing, bing. Disagree. I don't think I insult people. Bing, bing, bing. Next question. I pay attention to details. <laughs> I'm an editor. I sure hope so. Agree. I have a vivid imagination. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Constantly daydreaming. Ba-doop, doop, doop. I am no Carl Jung, um, but I am young at heart. Boop, boop, boop. That was a stupid joke. Okay, speak. I seldom feel blue. I mean, I'm not mopey all the time, but I am on antidepressants, so I guess I have to disagree just chemically. I'll put slightly disagree. Your boy's medicated. I start conversations. I do. I'm a friendly Midwesterner. I will chat up a cashier. People who mess with me. <laughs> I love these. People who mess with me always regret it. <laughs> Ask the people who mess with me. You talking to me? 
That's so that's so mean. No, people can mess with me and I'll probably apologize to them. I am not interested in abstract ideas. Abstract ideas. Abstract ideas. Abstract ideas. Abstract ideas. Abstract ideas. I am not interested in abstract ideas. I'll disagree. I insist on getting the respect I deserve. You know what? Yeah, I slightly agree. I'm at a point where I do want some respect. I talk to a lot of different people at parties. I do not want to talk to a lot of different people at parties. I want to go, no people there, and only talk to those people. I don't want to meet many new people. I have enough friends. Uh, and that's the last question. Drum roll. So let's get our test results. So extroversion, I'm in the 41st percentile, so I am introverted. I am an ESFP. I am agreeable. But what they are calling an entertainer. So I am an ISFJ. I am not a psychopath. I'm not a narcissist, but I am statistically prone to mental illness. Oh, that's great. Really hit the nail on the head there. The ESFP person is an entertainer and is spontaneous and energetic and enthusiastic. Thanks so much, Myers-Briggs. This is so not true. So I was, as you heard, an ESFP. P, which uh, I think means, an, well, I know it means an extrovert, sensing, feeling, perceiving, I think it is. Um, the particular version of the test we took also gave them little names, and mine is the entertainer, which uh, hopefully if you're listening, you agree to that part. A little least. Scott Joplin in there. <laughs> yeah, you know, I wanted to do some jazz hands as I said that. I've been taking tap dance, by the way. I don't know. If you can... have been taking tap dance? Oh, my God. I miss tap dancing. I kind of want to take classes again. I could, I could work in a little Shirley Temple, really. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so what were you? I was an ISFJ, which... Okay, so we both yeah. got F in there. I, uh, okay, so introvert instead of extrovert. S, uh-huh. so we're both sensing. Sensing, <laughs> sensing, feeling. Feeling. And then what was your last one? J. Last J. So, you, oh, you're judging. You're judging uh, yeah. instead of perceiving. I guess okay. so. It's the defender, by the way. <laughs> that's That's what... Ooh, mine's a lot more fun. <laughs> Sorry. The entertainer, yeah. That's why you're the producer. And I'm the host. That's true. You got to put your entertainment. You got to put the talent on the mic. (laughs) You said it, not me. Um, So, okay. So should I say how I I feel about these results or or do you want to go first? I think you normally have thoughts. (laughs) And it would be not, uh, you would not be surprised to know that I have thoughts about this. When we... (laughs) We when we when we took the the test we we were slacking and I said I think your your initial reaction was like oh yeah I know that you don't agree with the, the extra version right yeah yeah and you're a hundred percent right I'm like that's not me at all <laughs> this does not feel like me at all so I was looking at like the other acronyms and I feel like I well and like the little names that go with them yeah and I feel I identify with the I N FJ, maybe the advocate that felt more true to myself. So, 
anyways, I'm I'm also surprised to find out I'm not judging because I feel like I'm an incredibly... But this is, we're doing exactly what Art said was the flaw in this test is it puts you in a box. Mm-hmm. So you immediately have a reaction to, I'm not an extrovert, but like you are sometimes. So that's, yes. And that's exactly it. So, and that's what Art talked about is because my first reaction was like, I am not an extrovert. And then I thought, well, it's because I'm an extrovert in some situations or I've made myself become comfortable in some situations. And that's the, I think the fundamental flaw with this assessment. And like, as I'm taking the, questions like it was um i'm the life of the party or i like you know i love talking to strangers at a party and i'm like nope absolutely not yeah i'm comfortable with public speaking uh uh, yeah obviously you know like i'm a manager i lead meetings i host a podcast like there's a lot of like uh work scenarios that i have made myself become comfortable in talking and i'm a journalist so like i am comfortable in talking to strangers you know for work but in my personal life, the last thing I am is a, you know, smoozer at a party. Like, I'm hanging out by the snacks looking at, like, when I can leave, you know? <laughs> but what exactly, I mean, sometimes I just wonder, like, the definitions of these things. Like, I know there are specific definitions to extrovert or introvert, but, like, where are the cutoffs of that? Because, like, the life of the party, certain circumstances, like... Depends on the party. What is the party? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> What's a, the I think party? I said that, too. I was like, depends on the party. Depends on the stranger. More importantly, when can I leave? Um, but I, th- <laughs> I think, well, and what Art got to when we talked about it was he said that most people, so I, so my big complaint with personality assessments, and I mentioned this on the last episode, was my inclination is to answer sometimes or depends for everything. Mm-hmm. And I was very inclined. So this one, it went from like strongly agree, strong or disagree, like, uh, wait, sorry. Agree, slightly agree. agree neutral, slightly mm-hmm. disagree, disagree, which I think is a flawed scale. <laughs> well, and I was like, what happens if you say neutral for all of them? Like, you have no personality? Yeah, I guess so. Like, But that's, I think, what Art was getting at is kind of the truer thing, is everybody, it, everybody should answer depends, or most people should answer depends. Very few people are completely extroverted all the time or completely introverted all the time, or, yeah. or the other ones, you know? I feel like going back, I, we keep harping on the life of the party conversation. I feel like a better question would be how comfortable are you at a party on a scale of like one to five or something like that. I feel like that would be more accurate. But it depends on the situation. And like I'm comfortable around a close group of friends, but I'm not comfortable around a group of strangers at a party. But if it's a work situation, then I have to make myself. I mean, there's so many nuances and there's no nuance in mm-hmm. personality assessments. And yeah. the problem you know, with, with this type of test in particular is, so you get an acronym, you get, you are an extrovert, you're a judger, you're a censor. Like this is how you act in situations. This is how the type of person you are. And then, so you take that information and you believe it about yourself or, or if you're a manager, you take it and you say, Oh, I need a team of extroverts on my sales team because they got to go out and blah, blah, blah. And Kate's an extrovert. So I'm putting her on the sales team and I'm like, oh my God, making a cold sales call would be a nightmare for me. You know, like. But this is actually what I wanted to ask you because you've been covering work life stuff for a while now. We say that like these are used in hiring processes, sometimes Myers Briggs. There was some stat, uh, and now I don't know how necessarily accurate this is now or when this test was. Uh, put out here, but a shocking, uh, it says, a sh- and I quote from the test, a shocking 89 of the Fortune 100 companies use Myers-Briggs for hiring and development purposes. 
But what combination of personality types actually equals a good team, a good leadership team? That's the thing, that that next step, even if we say that these personality tests are accurate, what does that translate to in work life? If you have a defender, if you have this certain combination of people, how do we know that that actually makes a good team? So what Art was getting at is a lot of the assumptions then that people will make based on that. Well, one, it's flawed because if you believe you need a sales team of all extroverts and you go by this test and you say, okay, these people are extroverts because they took the assessment and they came out that way. As we were just talking about, it may not actually be true. They may only be extroverted in certain circumstances, but not in others. You're not like digging deep enough to really understand. You're taking this like black and white box and saying, you're always this way. You're always a judging person. And so we need you on on the, the dev team to be really decisive on making these whatevers. But also, I think the other part of it, and this harkens back a little bit to our episode on narcissism and, and leadership, is if you make flawed assumptions on what you need for those types of roles, like we need a leadership team that is all this, and you know, like what actually makes a good leader? Do these characteristics actually fall into it? And then the other thing that Art said that was really interesting was... Uh, I think it's used at a lot of companies to like put teams together. Like, okay, we need, we need people who are all, so like one of the things is like openness or like agreeableness. Well, yeah, the example Art was giving was around like having too many agreeable people could lead to a, just kind of like a yes man situation. Yeah, exactly. And there's nobody that's, you know, like the cynic that's questioning things. I also took umbrage at that. I do not find myself, I think I'm agreeable again, in some circumstances, but not in others. Yeah. I'm certainly a cynic in some. So yeah, those that like putting you into this category all the time. Right. You know, is is the the, the only one I did uh fully agree with. And when we talk about the the big five later, I also scored really high on this, is I am very organized. <laughs> I think you got that too, right? Yeah. I had I am organized as well, although probably it was a lower score than than you. I think that one translated to what We'll get to the big yeah. five later. I don't want to jump the gun on that. But I did want to bring up, I, I kind of wanted to loop back to the situation you brought up of like being on a sales team and making a cold call and wanting extroverts. But Art said that basically these, even the best of personality tests is only indi- indicative of 20% of someone's behavior, if I'm yeah. not misquoting him there. What if like you're an extrovert but you hate making phone calls. Like there could be any number of reasons for that. You could have, uh, you could have uh, a hearing impairment. You could have some sort of other circumstance that makes phone calls more difficult and not ideal for you. Yeah. Um. Maybe. Maybe you know. There's any number of reasons why that situation wouldn't lead you to be as extroverted or as comfortable. Well, the other thing, yeah, and that all that all gets to the like the sometimes part of it, right? Mm-hmm. Of, like I am sometimes this depends on the situation. Like it's it's just so much more nuanced than than you know fitting in these boxes or fitting mm-hmm. in these these I, I call them like alphabet soup of letters, you know, after a few <laughs> names, like oh. And he said that it it can also cause like quite a bit of like tribalism, like group think of like oh you're all. IFPJs, like we're all blues, like we all are together, you know, and it's like people are not <laughs> that easily categorized. Um, yeah, it kind of is like corporate astrology in yes, a lot of ways. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Like, oh, I can't work with a Gemini. I'm a Taurus with a uh, Cancer rising and I can't work with an Aquarius. And Art made that 
that correlation between like horoscopes and and these personality tests. And yeah. the thing of the other thing that's similar in them, right, is there's enough truth in any of them to see some part of yourself. Like we just yeah. said, like, oh yeah, I'm very organized. So this must be right. You know, even though this part of it doesn't feel right to me, this is science. Yeah, I exactly. So one interesting thing that Art mentioned as a flaw with this test is he he said it has low test retest reliability, which just basically means if you take it again, you might not get the same results. And I thought that was really, really interesting because, well, for two reasons. First of all, whenever I take a personality test, I'm like, let me take it again and see. Like, I don't like what that <laughs> says. Let me game the system. I'm just like um, rewinding like five years ago or however long ago, just Kate up at, in the middle of the night taking BuzzFeed personality <laughs> tests. Like, like what what office character are you? Or, or what? I'm like, I am totally not a Pam Beasley. You don't know me. Yeah. I'm a Kevin Malone, damn it. <laughs> I'm just, or, or the, or the more likely like I'm a Miranda. Stop calling me a Carrie. <laughs> um, one hand, I felt that because it makes me want to, whenever I take a, a personality test, I do kind of think like, mm, if I took it again, like, you know, may, maybe I didn't answer it exactly the right way. Maybe I can try it again. But the other thing is I remember taking the Myers-Briggs probably like 15 plus years ago. I think it had, I think I took it in a workplace setting, but I and I have no idea what my acronym was, but I do remember that I got introvert, didn't get extrovert, and I think I got judging where on this one I got what you per- got per- perceiving feeling, per- perceiving yeah. perceiving. Yeah, so and who knows what, I don't remember what the other two letters were, but it's completely possible that I got literally the opposite personality when I took it 15 years ago. Now, I do think I have changed a bit in, in that amount of time, but I don't think I'm a completely different person. No. But if I believed these test results, which a lot of people do, I mean, you said like it's it's being used at Fortune 500 companies. That same stat said that yeah. like over 2 million people take it every year. We see it in like people's LinkedIn profiles. It's used in hiring. It's used in like team building. You know, if you if you work at a company for 15 years, are you like categorized as one thing and then like that forever, even though your personality totally changes? Like, no, obviously. And Art pointed out that, you know, the the one that we're going to talk about in a minute, the big five has a your personality changes like a little bit over the course of a lifetime. I mean, I think there was, you know, like a study about like narcissism and like how uh, you're more likely to be narcissistic when you're younger, which kind of makes sense. Um, but like your things drift a little bit over time as you mature. And, and maybe for me, like introversion and extroversion has changed a little bit as I've gotten, uh, had to do more of these sorts of things in my career, but I don't think I'm a different person, you know? And that's, and that's I think, a, a, a big flaw in this is like if you take the test a second time, even days apart, months apart, years apart, you should still get a similar result. Yeah, I've never done a personality test for a workplace before. Uh, actually, except for one place I, I worked, and this was back when I worked in theater more often, we all took the Pottermore test for Harry Potter. Oh, jeez. <laughs> See, so that is like a, a, a witch. Okay, wait, wait. Are you a Hufflepuff? No. 
Is no. It, no one ever wants to be a Hufflepuff. No one wants to be a Hufflepuff. I was. I came out of Gryffindor, but here's the thing with these tests, and this was the point I wanted to get to. I'm a, I'm a classic Ravenclaw. Oh, you're a classic Ravenclaw. See, we're doing it. See? <laughs> this is what we're doing. But, but again, like, what the hell does that even mean? What but does yeah, it yeah. actually mean? Yeah. But it's also, like, hackable a little bit, mm-hmm. right? Especially mm-hmm. in, like, a workplace circumstance where, I mean, some of the questions are a little more opaque than others, but some you're like, I you you know that like these you know are the things right you should answer, answer. exactly. Yep. Like yeah. there was one question I believe that I'm paraphrasing, but it was like, uh, do you shirk your work? Yeah. If you're applying for a job, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're never gonna say agree to that. You're never yeah. going to do that. So then that's the whole thing with these is. Like, there's so many things that make these unreliable, even with the big five, which we'll get to, which actually, why don't we want to transition to the big five? Because I think there's some even bigger overarching points. Yeah, but that that you make a good point, especially in hiring, because like a lot of the questions around what, you know, I scored high on with the or being organized are like, I leave things a mess. I don't pay attention to detail. Like, even if that's you, you're not going to say that in a work setting yeah so you're not you're not getting an accurate reading anyways you know yeah yeah exactly and i think that's kind of the cynical part of me goes immediately to that kind of like hackable thing like i did to get gryffindor in my pottermore test yes and Uh, like i did i think to get to get ravenclaw (laughs) yeah and to get miranda (laughs) (laughs) just a big cynthia nixon fan uh what were your big five results and what did you think of how they compared to myers-briggs uh so we talked about this a little bit offline too, that the questions are very similar in how you, in how you do this, which like, I guess makes sense to an extent, but the way they laid out their um, results was a lot different. Like it didn't put you in a box. It basically gave you a relative scale that was expressed relative to others who have taken this test. Yeah, and that made and so on this one I got you know so it's um it's also five it's like one more factor yeah so to read those out it's extroversion emotional stability agreeableness conscientiousness and intellect slash imagination uh which I am, was deeply offended by that one we'll, we'll, <laughs> which we'll which we'll get to but but yeah so then it, it goes into like each factor and it and it you know breaks it down a little bit but yeah I really did appreciate that those percentage it's like a, it gives you the results in a bar graph and also a percentage depending on how you like to process information um but so i still came out as an extrovert on this one but then when you look at the percentages it's 50 percent, and i'm like oh that feels right i'm half of an extrovert yeah i was 41 which just means i'm a person right yeah <laughs> like, i'm half extrovert and half introvert you mean you're just Regular? Like you're in between? Yeah, like the only extreme I had on this was intellect and imagination where I was like, it was in the 93rd percentile and then agreeableness was in 83rd. Everything else was like pretty much right in the middle though. First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate cubist versions of your family's holiday photos, but it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia, or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks, and automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations, so you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology, real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. Yeah, which which really tracks with what Art was saying is that a lot of people are kind of in the middle to different yeah. degrees of of the middle. I mean, I don't 
this is a little bit far afield, but it's kind of like how like gender and sexuality is a spectrum. Like you're, you know, no, most people aren't at one end or the other. Most people are somewhere in the middle and it moves around and you're, you know, you're not just black or white. It's not just extremes. Like he, like that's literally, I think what, what, it's not a binary. Yeah. Gender's not a binary and personality is not a binary. No, no, absolutely not. Uh, And that, and that's goes to what, Art was saying about, you know, actually my results line up perfectly with this. He said, basically, there may be one or two areas where you're more towards the extremes. Yeah. But generally, nobody's extreme in all five versus the Myers-Briggs results where it's like you are this or you are that. It gives the illusion of of being at the extremities. So your big factor, it sounds like, is is intellect and imagination. My big factor was conscientiousness, which I suppose, you know, I, I hosted a podcast for many years called Seekers the Most Productive People. I um, And I mentioned this, you know, as I was taking, I think I either mentioned it as I was taking this or I mentioned it to you. Um, if you're a super loyal listener of the show, you'll remember a couple of years ago, we had Dory Clark on to talk about um, personal branding. And mm-hmm. part of the exercise was that you had to ask uh, different people in different factors of your life. So like personal and professional, a couple of words to describe you. And I asked like my mom, I asked, I think my husband, I asked uh, people I manage, and then I asked people who manage me. So I got, you know, kind of the full spectrum and everybody said I'm organized. <laughs> so, <laughs> which I was like, not what I want to be remembered for. Um but I guess it's true. I would be really scared to ask people that. It was very scary. I think the people that I managed were like afraid to tell the truth. And I was like, I'm not going to be mad. Like, say whatever <laughs> you want to say. I'm not going to fire you. But um, I don't know. I the word 90- that comes to mind is wonderful. Uh, <laughs> please don't fire me. Best boss ever. Is, this, is that a word? <laughs> is that an adjective? Um <laughs> I got a 95% on on conscientiousness uh, on this test. I was a 52. Oh, dear. I was in the middle. I think that's fine. Yeah, that's fine, I guess. It also has, I think it has like, uh, I'm trying to look at the actual factor description. Uh, Careful and diligent low scores are impulsive Mm -hmm. and disorganized. And I do think like there is, I think I'm not, I think I'm organ, I think I am diligent in my work, but I do think Mm -hmm. that I, I do have some more disorganized tendencies in terms of like my approach to creative endeavors. So this is where it gets at something that Art mentioned is though you might hear that and say like, well, I want to put all of the conscientious people together. They work well, you know, like Kate and Josh aren't going to work well together. If he is disorganized and she's really organized, they're going to drive each other crazy. But, which is totally true. No, but (laughs) (laughs) according to Art, and if you think about it a little more deeply, it makes sense. You actually want to put people with kind of oppose, not like complete polar opposites together because they probably would drive, but like complementary. So if you are kind of organized, but you are a little bit more impulsive and I'm like super duper cautious, like it might be helpful for us to work together because when I say, oh, I don't know, let's think about that. And you're like, you know what? No, we should try it. We should go ahead with it. Or the converse where you're just like, let's throw a bunch of ideas out there and who cares and let's see what works that like I might be the one to pump the brakes. And like you need that kind of yeah. balance on teams to like one to get things done, but also to not like make horrible mistakes, you know, not yeah. to just like throw money away being impulsive because you put all the impulsive people together. 
You need the like school marm wagging her finger telling you to like, hmm, <laughs> wait a minute. Yeah. Come on, guys, let's take this seriously. Guys, kids, kids. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that's true. I think the idea of like complementary skill sets. But at the same time, I do think when we talk about complementary skill sets, if you're too far to the extremes on one end or the other with certain tangible things like I don't think this is true for every aspect of personality and again like it's situational but if someone is never organized working with a dis uh, a, a fully organized person yeah. may be a problem like I think you yeah. need enough to empathize with that person and meet them at some place and this is beyond like I don't think you need personality tests to determine this like or, or another thing would be like uh, I think about like if one person is super like impulsive and another person's a planner at some point, both of those people need to be able to like meet the other person where they are. And if you are too far to the extremes in those person and those like approaches to, you know, work in this circumstance, probably not going to work out super well. Like you can't be too far apart. Right. Yeah. And I mean, I guess that's why an assessment like this that gives you those percentages and puts you kind of on a more of a spectrum would be more useful in a workplace setting to, to take these results and actually make use in putting people together. So you wouldn't, you know, if you see somebody's 95% and the other person's 10%, those are polar opposites, right? So maybe you, maybe they can work together if you get like a 50% or in there and like kind of mix it, mix it up a little bit. I think the other thing that this made me think of, um, and, and, you know, Art had mentioned this too, is that you don't just take the results and say like, okay, now I understand myself. It works really well to talk to, about your results with other people and and see what they think. So I'm reminded of, we, we kind of got on a tangent of taking uh, assessments after our, after our uh, narcissism one. And, yeah. and, and Scott Mebus, uh, your boss, our, our head of, of entertainment for both Ink and Fast Company, we were talking to him and he was talking about like a leadership assessment. And so I was like, well, let me take it, of course, and, and see what I am. And I I don't remember what my results were, but I was like, this doesn't seem right. And he said, <laughs> oh, I would actually say this about you. And I, I would think that this would. And I'm like, oh, that's real. That's valuable information to see how somebody that you work closely with views you. And then you can talk about how, well, but in this circumstance, this and like kind of use it as a jumping off point to like understand how you work better together rather than just be like, this is how I am and this is how you are and this is, you know, we'll put you together. Or the other thing that we that we mentioned in the episode with Art, that that idea of culture fit, right? Of like, mm -hmm. oh, everybody who works here needs to be like this type of person. And, you know, we've talked about one, how that's like horrible coded language for bias. Yeah. Um, but it's also, you know, really narrow minded because as we've been saying, like, you know, personalities aren't all one. You don't want everybody of the same personality working together because it's, you know, problematic. But yeah, I think if anything, these things are like jumping off points. Yeah, I think that's like any tool is how you use it. But in the culture fit example, and you know how we talked about a little earlier, there's no formula for creating the perfect team with matching people's big five personality indicators together. And it can kind of be at the discretion of the hiring manager. So like why tools like this and same thing with like 
screening tools for automated like job search which which we've which has been written about in fast company before like the flaws of of automated like uh, resume screeners and things mm-hmm. like that it can be used as a tool whether consciously or unconsciously to basically have plausible deniability and hiring discrimination yeah essentially where basically you can then say Oh, I didn't hire the cishet white guy again because he, you know, he was cishet and white. It's because his personality assessment fit our team and our leadership roles a little bit better. Or any number of other, you know, situations around that where you could, where there is a, a, and that's an explicit example of that. But I think all of these things can be provided for like rationale behind a lack of involvement on diversity, equity, inclusion, particularly in hiring. Yeah. With anything else too, you know, as we've been talking about it and anybody who's ever taken any of these assessments, like it's all with a grain of salt, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's like, it doesn't, it's not the, the stamp of who you, you know, officially are. One thing that I, that I thought was interesting in, in taking these is, so I took Myers-Briggs before uh, I talked to Art and then I was waiting to see like which one he would suggest. I knew that he hated Myers-Briggs, so I knew to take <laughs> that one um, as like our, our compare and contrast, but I was waiting to see which one he he recommended. And so after I talked to him, uh, you know, we took the big five. So I, I kind of knew how these tests worked a little bit more when I took this one. Yeah. And I noticed, because I think I got frustrated with the uh, Myers-Briggs because it was like, didn't you just ask me this question? Yeah. But they... And they did it with Big Five. The reason why is to see your consistency, right? So, like, yeah. there was questions that are worded literally almost exactly the same. Like, I have a vivid imagination. I have a very active imagination. But they're, like, mm-hmm. 15 questions apart. So you're seeing, like, well, is it really true? Like, do you really, you know, actually feel that way? Is that actually part of your personality? I would like to complain about about the one that I'm deeply. <laughs> <in. It's> like, <laughs> we can, can totally can. cut this, but I just I'm mad about you it. Can, you can complain about it. <laughs> so factor five is labeled as intellect and imagination. And that's the one you scored the highest on. Yep. Not to brag, but <laughs> yes. And it's also it's also openness to experience. Mm-hmm. To like open open like being, yeah. you know, spontaneous, I guess, like open to try new things. And I scored a 28 percentile on that, hmm. which I'm baffled by because I answered that I do have a very vivid imagination. I have been very active, you know, like that one. I wonder if it also, because now I'm trying to like dissect the test and understand what questions are getting at. Well, are you open to new experiences when you go to a restaurant? Do you search out new things or do you order the chicken? That's what I want. Well, I'm vegetarian, so I would not so, order the Or do chicken. you order the chickpeas? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm trying to remember. I'm I'm assuming, yeah, maybe it was like a risk-taking one. And I think, I and I wonder too, you know, as we talked about before, like your personality should not, like your results shouldn't be wildly different if you take it at different times in your life. Yeah. But I do wonder if this is one that's drifted as age. Like I do feel like, and because I said it as I was taking it, like I think some of the questions were about like taking risks and doing really adventurous things. And I said, well, sure, when I was in my 20s, I like bungee jumped and skydived and traveled the world and stuff. But like now I'm a Midwestern mom and like I'm not <laughs> doing, you know, very like crazy adventurous things. Like talk to me in 20 years, maybe I'll be bungee jumping again. So yeah, I do wonder if a, if some aspects of it, not wild swings in your personality, but some yeah. aspects of it 
do kind of drift a little bit depending on your your life circumstances and or your job. Yeah. Because again, like maybe my my I would be have would have been more introverted when I didn't have to do this kind of thing so much. Yeah, and uh, there has to. I wonder if this way I haven't been in Asgard about this, but um, like demographic data, if there are mm. certain identities that that lend themselves more to certain you know, being in certain sides of the scale, uh, as in age, uh, socioeconomic yeah. status, um, you know, gender, where you race, grew up, yeah, gender, yeah. race, all of the, the, the normal sub demographics. I think so. I think so for sure. I mean, cause that again, relates back to when, when we talked to, um, Oh, Dr. Tomas Chamorro Premisic. Yeah. When we talked to him about, um, being a narcissist and leader and, you know, what we see a leader as and everything, a lot of those, you know, uh, one listener got offended that I, that we used uh, white males as kind of a stand-in example. But, but it it's was, not, it's data-driven. Exactly. Some of my best friends are white men. I have nothing against white men. I am a white man. <laughs> <laughs> Some of my best producers are white men. And I'm full of self-loathing. <laughs> exactly, right? Yeah, hashtag not all men. No, please don't use <laughs> no, that. Oh God, can <laughs> I can I do that. say something? I don't know. This is a uh, just as a digression. Uh, you were upset by this intellect uh, imaginativeness. Here's what uh, what bothered me about the Myers Briggs is that for neuroticism on their scale, it told me you are statistically prone to stress and oh. and, and mental illness. Myers Briggs read me to filth, Kate. That was, <laughs> I mean, I guess they're not terribly wrong, but. Well, also, like, I, whereas I don't, well, I got you are emotionally stable, which I'm like, thanks for that. I felt like the Homer Simpson, like, stamp of you are not insane. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Remember? That's a deep cut. Yeah, you know what I'm talking cut. about? <laughs> but, like, <laughs> but I'm like, okay, thanks. But also, like, yeah, they had the questions of, like, I often feel blue. And I think I made the comment, like, I'm a person in the world. Like, yeah, I feel sad sometimes. Yeah, I mean, it's, I don't necessarily know. It's like, at the same time, I was deeply offended by that question. But at the same time, like, I'm on antidepressants, so they're not wrong. You know, you're like, you're like, I'm <laughs> it, deeply offended, it but run, fair. It runs in my family. What can I, what can I do? Yeah. <laughs> Again, you're a person in the world who has lived through a pandemic and cancer and any other yeah. number of like life things that would lead you to be sad sometimes. Yeah, so, not to mention just general like chemical things. Yeah, exactly. Destigmatize mental illness, Myers Briggs. Stop. Yes. Stop yes. treating people like this. But to get back, sorry, go, to, what a digression. go back to get to get back to what you were you were saying about like demographic factors. I think that's a hundred percent true because yeah, the, in the episode where we talked about leadership and and narcissism, it's been conditioned. A lot of it has been you know it's been conditioned for men to be more or to try to be more um, aggressive and charismatic and you know those sorts of qualities. Mm -hmm. So yeah, how much of it is circumstances of your life and who you are and how much of it is like intrinsic to your actual personality. Yeah. A hundred percent. And yeah, I think that's more to unpack in, in future episodes, particularly around what we'll be doing or what's been done around personality and assessments in the workplace and the flaws that exist there. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess, you know, if I had to like bottom line this, I would say, 
personality assessments, one, they're fun. Like, clearly. They are very <laughs> We have fun. a good time doing them, you know. Next week, we'll take the Pottermore and unbreak that <laughs> the two way work. We'll just do Let's a just whole do BuzzFeed quizzes. Yes. yes. <laughs> I mean, episode. maybe... Yeah, we'll we'll see. Each episode will be like, which Disney princess are we? Which Harry Potter <laughs> character are we? Um, and then you'll learn so much about it, uh, about us. I almost wanted to preface this episode by saying, like, this may seem very self-indulgent that we're going to spend this entire episode, like, talking about ourselves. But it's also, I mean, obviously, it's very applicable to any workplace. Hey, we were very low on that narcissism test. Yeah. So take that. Now don't take it again. (laughs) Have you ever done a podcast episode fully just about yourself and your and your misgivings and your grievances and <laughs> just to, to circle back to Scott Scott Meebus too who we mentioned earlier he's convinced that you and I both cheated on our narcissism test so <laughs> take that for what you will but we digressed again you're gonna bottom line uh this this episode he should know that I'm not a narcissist because he's always trying to get me on video and I'm like I don't want to look at myself um <laughs> if I had to like you know tie this in a neat bow and give a, you know, a recommendation. I think, you know, personality assessments are obviously they're fun to take. I, I think there, there's some value in them. I don't, I don't think, and, you know, art cautious cautioned against using them in hiring. I think that's really a murky problematic area to, to like use them as a screening tool, but it does make sense, you know, to, to use them as a jumping off point for a conversation to understand your colleagues better and to understand how to maybe put together a working group or a team on a certain project that would have complementary characteristics of how they like to work together. Yeah. That's my official uh, new way we work recommendation for, for using personality assessments at work. So that's all for this episode. If you're a new listener, be sure to subscribe to The New Way We Work wherever you listen. And if you liked this episode, leave us a rating review on Apple Podcasts. And we want to hear from you. We've put the link to the Big Five personality test in the show notes for this episode. If you take it, let us know how your results came out and how you think you could possibly use them in your workplace. Email us at podcast at fastcompany.com or tweet us with the hashtag New Way We Work. The New Way We Work was produced by Joshua Christensen with editing by Nicholas Torres. Ba-doop-doop-doop. All right. And let me stop.